0: This is the Nassim Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John. Zella. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of the Nassim Hockey Podcast. James Nichols and John Zella here as always, and joining us in just a few short moments, we have a special guest today, former NFL star, Super Bowl champion, and pro bowler Damian Woody. Speaking of the NFL, let's get to our sponsors brought to you by DraftKings. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for Week 1. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with the same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And now, let's get to our guest, Damian Woody. Joining us today is a man who needs no introduction, but we will do one anyway. Uh, we're welcomed by a very special guest to Nasman Hockey Podcast. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion of Pro Bowl selection. For the New England Patriots, Detroit Lions, and New Jersey Jets, uh, New Jersey New York Jets, uh, and is currently an NFL analyst on ESPN, where you can see him on SportsCenter, NFL Live, and other shows. Additionally, and perhaps most importantly, he's now a big-time New York Islanders fan. Thanks for coming on the show today, Damian Woody. Thank you, thank you guys for having me on. How you doing, man? What's going on? How's uh, how's life been? You know, with uh, football starting up, uh, and, and more importantly, the Jets. The Jets are back.
1: <laughs> everything is good man everything is good we, we uh football football season is right around the corner obviously training camp is going on a lot of preseason games and and uh you know as far as the Jets are concerned you know zach wilson is looking really good that's he's really been the talk of the town and i know uh zach has been to a been to a couple of dollars game at the coliseum and so I, I know a lot of jet fans are pumped about that so life is pretty good right now
2: when uh when you were with the Jets, did you do training camp up in Cortland? Did was were they How doing do you... it at that time? I'm just north of there, a little bit, so I'm familiar with the hubbub that is the Jets coming into town.
1: Yeah, it was um you know the my head coach at the time Rex Ryan, you know he he was a big believer in you know getting the team away from kind of the facility and going to a, a location where guys could could bond and stuff. And we also did um. The h b o hard Knocks series from Cortland, uh, which in my opinion oh, was, cool. uh, was the best one was the best one out of all of them and uh it was it was a tremendous area the people in the community were fantastic the fans were great uh I always said that the air was a lot was a lot cleaner up there in Portland, so uh it it, w- it was a good it was a good place to have a uh, training camp
2: yeah we have some wide open spaces uh, and as long as it's not farm season it smells pretty good most of the time
1: <laughs>
0: Um, all right, so we wanted to get right into the the fold of the uh, your your experience with the New York Islanders, and the first thing we wanted to know, and I'm sure you've told the story before, um, but what was it that drew you to the Islanders?
1: Yeah, so basically, what what was happening? I was I was sitting on my couch um, during football season back in uh, 2019, and uh, basically the whole New York sports scene was just it just stunk, like it was just awful. Like the Jets and Giants were awful, the Knicks were awful. Everybody was just awful, except one team. One team. I had a fan that tweeted me and uh, and said, "Hey D Wood, you need to go check out the Islanders because at the time, um, he he tweeted that they were on like an eight or nine game winning streak." And then the Islanders chimed in off of that tweet and was like, "Hey!" And they just started waving with the with the emoji saying. Yeah, come check us out over here. We're doing pretty good over here. And then uh, one thing led to another, and then uh, they invited me out to a game at the Coliseum. And my first game was uh, was was the Toronto Maple Leafs with uh, John Tavares. So it, it was oh, a, no, yeah. It, it, it listen, it was an unbelievable experience. The the Coliseum was was rocking, and uh, and I brought my whole family out, and I, I was.
2: But Before we get to other things, how did you feel about what happened with Tavares, the fan and the vitriol and all that? That's a big, there's actually, uh, I saw something today and I haven't had a chance to look too deep into it. Like that's going to go into that game and the toxic masculinity, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And I don't think that you should, you need to comment on that necessarily. But like, <laughs> what did you think about the atmosphere and that kind of thing? Is, was that like, that was that much, that's a first, uh, for a first game, that's a big shock.
1: Yeah. I mean, because, you know, because I kind of solicited the advice of the fans on Twitter. You know, what game should I go to? What should be my first game? And everybody kept coming back. Dude, go check out Toronto Maple Leafs game. you got to go to the oh, Toronto no. Maple Leafs game because of Tavares, you know, coming back to the Coliseum. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, OK, well, listen, the fans know better than I do. So. If I need to go check out the Toronto Maple Leafs, hell, I need to go check them out. So that was my first game, and it was a, it was a hell of an experience.
0: I'm glad that uh, the Islander fans didn't scare you off after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a, what well, an experience.
1: What? Well, you know what the the thing is is like, I, you know what I've come to find out is the Islander fans are like they're they're jet fans. They're they're just so so much energy, so much passion. About their it's, team. It's the sadness. And it's just great. It's the you sadness know, it, from
2: all the losing. And then <laughs> we're letting it out positively. At least Islander fans are.
1: Well, I mean, but here, listen, but here's the difference. The Islanders had, you know, four straight years of, of, of winning the World Cup back in the 80s. I mean, the Jets can't say anything about that. So, listen, I know there was a, a lot of, you know, in between time where things kind of stunk, but they're back. They're back. And that's yeah. all that matters. They're
0: definitely back. Um, you know, you have seven beautiful children and you're often accompanied to these Islander games. Uh, which one of them have grown in attachment to the Islanders the most or or hockey the most, uh, if any?
1: Listen, I have, um, you know, I have four girls and three boys. And I would honestly say all four of my girls love hockey. They yeah. love it. They love that. Yeah, they they love it. I, I would say all four of them have become really attached to the sport of hockey. They could they, you know, they could care less about football. Like they don't. Dad wow. played football for 12 years, and they're like, "Dad, we don't care." But <laughs> you know, you take them to a You take them to the coliseum for the playoff game, and they're just—they're all pumped and, and excited, and and all of those things. So they become like huge hockey fans. And obviously, the Islanders. Credit to the Islanders organization uh, for being, you know, top top notch and and, and classy. But yeah, my my girls are uh, they, they're big Islanders fans.
0: I love that, and and that's that's amazing. That you know, I, I, it's it's funny to hear that it, instead of football, they they grew more to hockey and they couldn't care anything about it. Much <laughs> like my wife, she doesn't care much about football either. But I could take her to a yeah. hockey game. <laughs> um, something that we we were curious to know: uh, what was it like seeing all of the Jets players at the Islanders playoffs game this year? It was it was a big uh, um uh. You know, the fans were very receptive to it. You know, Dan Feeney got into the fun. What did you think of all that?
1: No, I thought it was great because actually that was like the first time meeting a lot of those guys because a lot of those guys were new to the team, whether it be, you know, they were rookies or they were just uh, veterans that just signed with the New York Jets. So that was actually like my first time meeting those guys. And obviously the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, I tell people all the time, the Coliseum is is, uh one of the most fun atmospheres in any sport, um, you know, and I, I've had a blast. But those guys, you know, I just love seeing, like, other sports teams um, really root for, you know, really root for each other. You know, you saw the Jets kind of embrace the Islanders and and um, whether it was, you know, head coach Robert Sala and the players. It, it was just a really fun environment and fun to see those guys at the College
2: I haven't seen that before. Not like that was. Uh, there were what ten, twelve guys, right?
1: Oh, it was more than that. Like it, like oh, they right. had like a group of like twenty. I think it at least wow. twenty guys that they were just pounding, pounding back beers, and obviously with Feeney with his, uh, you know, uh, pounding beers and, and his mullet. You oh, know, the that mullet. was. Oh, that was that's like, more that hockey so than old. you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that that mullet is sweet, man, and that was kind of the. The race, and, and as far as the playoffs is concerned,
0: yeah, that that was uh something that you know, and they they actually partnered up the Jets and and the the Islanders, and they made that shirt for Dan Feeney and everything, and yeah, you could see that you could see the gifs of him waving the flow in slow motion everywhere now, and and, and Islander fans use it all the time, um, and now when they see him on the field, Islander fans they they rave for him, so um he's looking pretty good this preseason, um and uh, you brought up the Coliseum, um. What did you? What was your when you you got to the Coliseum for the first time? What was your initial reaction to this is this is the Coliseum, or was it like, oh, this is this
1: this place is cool? Well, I just look and like, hmm, this is kind of an intimate setting, you know. I try to yeah. be, you know, graceful about it because you you know, obviously in today's age, a lot of these sports teams have new arenas and top-notch facilities, and and we know the Coliseum is kind of it. Really, is an intimate, you know, setting where the fans right on top of the ice um and like for me the environment was just crazy um uh, because the fans were going crazy the islanders the yes, organization just really embraced it and ramped it up and played off of it and um man just being in being in the coliseum during the, play, during the playoffs it was just a totally different experience i, I honestly it's unlike anything that i've, that I've experienced and you know you know, I'm a guy that won two Super Bowls, but everyone used to say playoff hockey is just different. And it really is. Playoff hockey is a it's a different environment. And um, I'm just glad that I was able to experience it last year.
0: It's it's funny because you said it's like experience like no other. And my next question was gonna be, can you compare the Coliseum to an NFL stadium? Is there one that maybe is like similar in, in resignation?
1: But it sounds like you you can't really do that, can you? I, not right now, because all these, you know, there's so many new stadiums in the National Football League. Um, I, I just, there, I don't, there's nothing like it in the NFL. NFL has a lot, of, you know, there's a lot of loud places in the NFL, the Arrowhead Stadium. Um, Seattle is, is nuts. Um, you know, some of these places that have indoor stadiums, New Orleans. But the Coliseum is is not like a new facility. You know obviously right. with the the uh islanders moving into u b s arena next next season, that place is you know some people call it a dump, but you know it was just buckets in there right and it was our that's dump. what you want <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right, everyone's like you know what people might talk trash about it, but that's our trash that's our dump so <laughs> and, 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 the, and the people embrace it, so you know I, I was just along for the ride man and um that place is crazy
2: right crazy I, I think for for a lot of fans and you know uh, James and I included, we've just been going there for so long that it was that's just where you went to go see the Islanders. We went there when they were terrible, and tickets were thirteen dollars and we went there during playoff games when when you had the opportunity so you know when it closed for the first time it was it was emotional for people uh people kind of went crazy at game six against the caps in two thousand and fifteen and um it's it's something that I'm glad people got to experience again, you know, for one last last time. But yeah, it's uh, it was like, don't come into my house and tell me my art looks like shit. I know my art <laughs> looks like shit. Like it's it's mine. I have it. Like you don't need to tell me that. So don't tell me it's a dump. I've been there. The lines are long. I joked that the hot dogs were probably old. Who knows? You know, it didn't matter. It was that was our lived experience. That was our shared collective history and traditions, kind of in this. I don't know, it's like an old house that had character. There was there were stories there and you know now we can kind of rewrite what the future is and and more history at, at UBS.
1: I totally agree. I love it. I love that mentality. Like, damn it, this is our house. I don't give a shit about, you know, what anybody <laughs> else said. This is this is our piece of shit and we're gonna roll with it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. And the other fans, you know, it's they're a little bit of the stepchild of of the NHL, especially when they were bad and the fisherman years and all sorts of stuff. So Um, you know, it, when they do really well, it's, is the Coliseum the best old barn league, but when it's, when they're not doing well, it's like, they're talking about the leaks and whatever is going on. And so it's amazing how the media kind of flips it around depending on how they're doing. Um, but yeah, our dump, it's uh, sad to see it go, but it was time.
0: Yeah, it was definitely time. Uh, It's going to be an exciting year next year in in the UBS arena. Um, But as of right now, all is quiet as far as what's going on behind the scenes and with Lou Lamorello. I don't know if you've had the the pleasure of meeting him. Um, But for you, what do you think of his strategy in keeping things quiet, right? Some of our players aren't signed yet. Um, It's kind of assumed that they might be. You've been in the business of sports. What do you make of Lou Lamorello as the general manager being so secretive about how he goes about his business?
1: You know, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of my, my former team, the New England Patriots. Everything in New England is very secretive, very close to the best. Little information gets out. And uh, when I look at the structure of, of the newer New York Islanders with, with Lou and, and obviously uh, Barry Trotz, man, it's... I mean, you know, there's not a better combination in the the National Hockey League than those two guys. And, um, you know, I've I've really I've told fans, a lot of fans about, you know, when you have competent people running your organization, you should be like you should like have a stogie and just sit back, relax (laughs) and just watch things unfold. Because I've been I've been a part of great organizations like New England and, and, and my time with the Jets. But I've also been a part of shitty organizations that didn't know what the hell they were doing like when I played with the Detroit Lions. And let me tell you something. No one wants to be part of a shitty organization. And uh, that's far from what the Islanders are right now. So, you know, I just tell fans, man, look, you guys are blessed to have, like, those people running your organization. Sit back, relax. Those guys know what the hell they're doing. And just watch as the Islanders go back into the postseason again next year.
2: That's the clip, fourteen fifty. Yeah. That's the I just, clip. We're gonna send. I just wrote it down.
1: I wrote it down. I said, "I'm clipping just... this. This is the clip of the show."
0: What a great line! That really, that was amazing. So, look, to further, uh, you know, harp on that, is there a Lou Lamorello of the NFL, or is
1: he one of a kind? Well, we have we have some really good general managers in the National Football League. One thing I would say is, a lot of these guys are young lou is you know lou older he's been there done that like he's just real seasoned. so i wouldn't say like i don't think there's a lou amarello uh in the in the nfl he's just he's one of one in the nhl um uh, like i said we got a lot of young guys but man that like to win back-to-back general manager of the year like do people know how hard that shit is, like yeah. that shit is hard. Yeah. That shit is hard to do. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. I understand gotta, man, thank you, Lucky Star that you're being you you have competent people running your organization.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, sticking with the business side of things, um, as we mentioned, you're a two time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. What was it like when you signed with the New York Jets in two thousand eight after playing for New England? Was it tough to jump ship to I mean, there was a segue. You had the Detroit Lions in between, but was it tough when you saw when you saw the Jets were interested in you, and and you were like, "Well, I used to play for the Patriots, so this might be a little weird." But was it was it interesting to go to the your rival
1: after a few years? Actually, it wasn't because there's a lot of history between the, the Patriots and the Jets. A lot of guys kind of jump ship, you know, to the other side throughout the years. And at the time, um. Eric Mangini was the head coach of the Jets. He was in New England when I was in New England, so I knew the culture. I knew exactly what he was going, what he was doing in in New York. So when he, you know, when I took my free agent visit out to Hofstra to meet with Eric Mangini, it was like he said like two words. He was like, "Dude, you know what I do. You know how I run how we're going to run things here. Either you're going to sign here or not." And I'm like. Well, shit! I wouldn't have taken this visit. You know, I'm gonna sign here. Like, he was my first and only visit, and I had like, I had like five other teams that were that was interested. But I'm like, I'm just gonna sign here because I feel I know this. I know the structure. I know the culture. This is gonna be the best fit for me, and uh, and I was off and running. You
2: know, it's funny. This is my football knowledge. I immediately thought of like Bill Parcells. That was like that's the last time I've like paid attention was when he he was in the league, and he went from the he went from the Giants. He was in New England. He went to the Jets. Like that, I guess that happened. Yeah, see, that's what I
1: that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's you know, it's it's all this cross pollinating, you know, because obviously it started with Parcells. Parcells went to New England, then he went to the Jets, and then Bill, you know, Coach Belichick did the same thing. So. That's why it was, you know, players from the Patriots and the Jets, they're really familiar with, with, uh, with each other's organization because a lot of the guys play for both organizations. Is so, the
2: camaraderie that you see in the NHL, and it might be different because of the way you come up in both leagues. In the NHL, mm-hmm. it's a lot of these guys playing college or juniors or uh, for international teams, and they a lot of them know one another quite well. Um, is that the same in the NFL? I've never had an opportunity to ask this question before. Uh, yeah, is that you know like what? the same, like everyone knows everybody pretty well?
1: Yeah. We, you know, we always say in the NFL, it's a fraternity. It's a special fraternity because think about, you know, how many college football players there are. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of college football players. Well, when you get to the NFL, there's only 1600 players. So, you know, everyone knows each other. We're not saying everyone is buddy, buddy, but everyone knows each other. A lot of people nosy you know know each other's girlfriend, wives, you know all those type of things, so it's really a a special fraternity as as we like to say
0: uh so just to confirm, nobody threw any toy snakes at you when you uh got back to New England, did they
1: <laughs> no but i but it, but listen in detroit they uh you know they played a prank on me in detroit when i when I signed there they put uh a, a albino python in my locker where we where we keep our shoes so my, my, like literally my first day um practicing with the, with the lines i open up my in my locker where my shoes are and there's this huge albino python in my locker scared the hell out of me <laughs>
0: That's great. That's great. Well, you retired from the NFL on July 26, 2011, and just 10 days later, you actually joined ESPN as an analyst. What was the transition like from NFL regular to behind the booth?
1: Well, listen, I I had been, uh, I knew I wanted to get into the media. i have been kind of prepping for that probably, probably like my last three years in the league. And so my last game, it was a playoff game against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. And I told my Achilles literally um, the last few plays of the game. And uh, I, knew, I knew at that point that my career was done. I played 12 years. And, um, you know, once that happened, I'm like, I'm not trying to go through that grueling rehab and then doing it all over again. And so ESPN had reached out basically the next day was like, hey, um, you know, we have a spot. We have a spot for you if you want it. And I told him, give me a month because I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, one hundred percent on my decision. I was ninety five percent there, but I wanted to be one hundred percent there. And right. so I took a month. I started rehab, and I'm like, man, the hell with all this. I, I can't go. I can't go back out there. And yeah. so that's when I transitioned to the media.
0: That's that's outstanding. And and you've been there ever since. You're loving it so
1: far. I have to assume, yes. Oh, absolutely. I get. I get the best of both worlds. I get to stay close to the game without the physical contact. So you know, my wife really appreciates that—that that I'm not out there trying to sling my body around, <laughs> and then she has to play nurse at home when she did for 12 years. So this is great.
0: Yeah, you're you're living the dream, as it, in my eyes. Um, so on a scale of one to ten, you now know that you
1: know hockey's coming back to ESPN. How excited yes. are you? I'm very excited because, like. Like my guy, John Bucci Gross, who we call Bucci Man, he's like, all right, dude, like I've been seeing you bring the noise about the Islanders. I'm going to need you to come on some of the shows and uh, talk some hockey with us. So I've been really fired up about that because, you know, when when you're fans of other leagues and you're able to talk about, you know, other leagues, fans really get into that. And so you would not believe, like my timeline like, on, on social media, it's probably, like, 60% NFL, and then the other 40% are, like, Islanders fans. They, like, they eat it up, the fact that, you know, that I root for the Islanders, and I'm all invested in the Islanders, go to the games, you know, do events with the Islanders. I, mean, I love hockey. Um, you know, it's the sport is so fast. I think that's the thing I love about it. It moves so fast, the physicality of it. And um, I, I'm excited about it this season.
0: So I have a joint question from a fan. Uh, somebody had submitted a question that I had a, a similar uh, take to. Um, and at crisis underscore New York wants to know might you be partaking in any NHL slash Islanders activity with ESPN?
1: All I'm going to say is watch out. <laughs> <Things> <laughs> I are, love it. Watch out. That's all. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't let the cat out of the bag. But okay. I would just say, just watch out. You heard okay. it here
2: first, Damien Woody, ESPN's Islanders Insider. Look out, <laughs> Arthur Staple. <laughs> Arthur Staple's watching his back. <laughs> uh,
0: last question from John and I, and then we're going to get to a couple of fan questions. Um, but we wanted to know, on the field, if you can compare yourself to one current Islander, who was that? Who, what, who plays like Damien Woody did on the field, on the ice?
1: Wow, that is a great question. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say bars off, my man Barzal. And the reason I say that, because, like, I'm a big guy. But the one thing in throughout my whole career, everyone said was, like, dude, you move so well for a big guy people call me like the dancing bear. Like, you just move so well. And so so, the one thing about Matt Barzola is, is like, the dude really moves. Like, he's a magician on the ice. Like, he moves so well on the ice. So we're not nowhere anywhere in the the same area code as far as size. But I think as far as, like, our gracefulness on our respective fields and ice, yeah, that's a comparison for me.
0: Love that. That's great. Big-time players showing in big-time moments, moving real fast. That's that's outstanding. Uh, we're yeah. going to take a short break here. We're going to get back to Damien in just a few moments.
2: Additional support for this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code NHP20 at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. James and I are some of the first people to try the new 4.0 and are blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving the boys. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. It's time to get your own with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence. Get 20% off and free shipping with code NHP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use NHP 20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
0: And we're back. And we're going to get to some fan questions now. Um, a couple of, of fans on Twitter uh, chimed in and, and they were excited to hear from you, Damien. So, uh, first one comes from at Unflinching, and he asks: The last postseason uh, for the Islanders, you accompanied the, the boys to Tampa. Despite the outcome, how was the trip? And do you have any stories about you know your trip down to Tampa Bay? And how was the flight? Oh, man,
1: listen, that trip was it was crazy. First of all, um, there was a huge thunderstorm, lightning storm in 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 the Tampa Bay area, so we got diverted. We got diverted to jacksonville then we had to wait in jacksonville for a minute and then we finally got to tampa and we missed like we missed the the, you know we we missed the first period because of the the, because of the weather and you know just getting on the buses and, and working through traffic we literally missed the first period and so that sucked, but the whole experience was tremendous because, like, literally, um, I mean, game seven, game seven of the, of the, you know, East, with the Eastern Conference final. Like, dude, like, who does that? Like, that, it was just amazing. And, and obviously, the, the Lightning are a great team. You know, got to tip my hat off to them. I was talking so, so much trash about the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, still am. <laughs> For any other, for any Lightning fans out there, I'm still gonna be talking trash, but uh, <laughs> it, it 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 was really great, man. So like that was just that was a, a, a that was an event that my wife and I we're gonna we're gonna you know remember for a long time.
0: That's that's amazing. Uh, and did you have the chance to meet any players while you were there, or or in your experience with the team so far?
1: Oh yeah, I've met a lot of the players. I didn't have an opportunity at that time um, to meet the players because we. Um, you know, we had we had to fly back out um, not long after the game. But um, like I've met a, a bunch of the a bunch of the guys. Uh, I met like, uh, Pajot. Uh, um, I met Anders Lee, obviously who was out for out for the year this year with the ACL. Yeah. Um, Barzal. You know, I met a bunch of a lot of those guys, man. They're they're a great group of guys, man. And and you know, I, I always I was talking to them because I went to Boston College. Boston College is a big hockey school, and and the football players and hockey players always hung out. And so it just – it felt like old town, to be honest with you, hanging out with those
0: guys. That's outstanding. Uh, At SAB31NYI asks, what are you looking forward to the most with UBS Arena as a fan and also as a media member? Uh, Do you see the New York Jets building as a further uh, – or I'm sorry, do you see the New York Jets building a further partnership with the New York Islanders?
1: Well, you know, I I do. I, I think the Jets have a new have new energy with the new head coach, you know, GM, new quarterback. And so, and I think the Jets want to feed off of this Islanders this energy that they have going on. You know, to me the Islanders are, you know, are the franchise in this area right now. They've had the most success recently of, of any of these franchises. So, um, you know, I do think the Jets are going to try to latch onto that a little bit and Listen, UBS Arena, I mean, it's a beautiful building. You know, I want to see what what the noise is going to be like. That's what I want to see because I've seen how crazy the Coliseum is. Okay, what is a new building going to look like? Sometimes with these new buildings, they tend to get a little corporate. And so I want to see if it's going to be raucous like the Coliseum.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think you're you're spot on there, right? And I actually had the pleasure of going on a a tour of the arena uh, back in May, and I'll tell you this: the ceilings are just as low, and it's gonna feel just as intimate. It's gonna be loud in there, just the same as it was in Nassau Coliseum. So get ready for an upgraded loud experience. It's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> uh, at ncanny two s, considering you spent most of your career in the state of Massachusetts playing for Boston College and the Pats. Uh, why didn't you lean more towards being a Bruins fan and what made you lean more towards the Islanders fan?
1: Um, I wasn't I wasn't like necessarily, you know, that much into hockey at that point in time. You know, like um, I was young, I just didn't get into hockey at that time. It wasn't until I got here where, you know, I started following hockey a little bit more, and then obviously the story I told at the beginning of this, uh at the beginning of this episode of this podcast, um, where the Islanders literally reached out. You know that kind of lit the flame as far as hockey is concerned. But um, you know, I've always told people New England is like a second home. I spend so much time up there. But man, I'm I'm down with the orange and blue, man. That's it. It's orange orange and blue over here.
0: Love that. Love that. Uh, and our last fan question comes from at Isles Blog, uh, and they asked: Are there any ex NFL players that have talked to you about? uh your hockey fandom and any chance that you're able to recruit some of them to join in on the fun at Belmont.
1: Uh, you know, I haven't had any ex players talk to me about that. It's really been it's really been a lot of my colleagues at ESPN. You know, they they've like uh they've had a kick out of, you know, my fandom with the New York Islanders and, you know, we we you know we got some we got some fun things cooked up, man, that, that again i can't I can't throw out there, but we got some fun things cooked up for the upcoming season and and uh i'm I'm really excited for it. We actually actually game seven, I was supposed to do a sports center live hit right from the arena oh wow, uh, down in Tampa, but because of the lightning and the delay, I wasn't able to do it. um we had a whole special thing set up. Um, to, to, to do a sports and a hit from down there. But, you know, because of uh, the storm and everything that happened, we weren't able to get it done. But and we, we, got some, we got some some really cool things that's, that's going to be cooking for this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, I can tell you John and I are super excited to see hockey back on ESPN. We're excited to see how excited you are about it uh, and excited to see what's to come. It's going to be uh, something special. Uh, before we close
2: out, John, you have any other questions for Damien? I'm I i was. Getting, I'm curious about other sports and their views on fighting in the NHL. Is that the craziest thing about hockey to you? I, I can just imagine as somebody that's new to the sport, you're seeing them punch each other just like bare-fisted. It just seems... In the game. In the One, game. And they're just they're like, playing. yeah, five minutes. Uh, <laughs> come back. Do it again if you want.
1: Dude, like that part of the game is so wild and it's so... It's so fun to me because I always say, like, when you play the game of the the thing I love about playing a game of football, I tell people I get paid to physically assault people on the field. You don't (laughs) get that anywhere else, you know, anywhere else you are going to get you're getting thrown in jail. But I get paid to physically assault another human being. And I'm just (laughs) thinking, wow, in hockey, like they throw a glove down and they just start throwing blows like that to me. It just it man, it drives my adrenaline through the roof. I love it.
2: Is that anything like if you were in the NHL, do you think you'd be able to do that?
1: Oh, absolutely. If there's if there's oh, one yeah. thing wow. I'll be able to do, yeah, if there's one thing that I'll be able to do, I'm not saying I would be the most skilled guy on the ice, but I'll be the person who blows on the ice, I can tell you that.
0: There there it is. Damian Woody's your enforcer. Somebody listening to this is going to get the new NHL 22 game coming out. <laughs> create their pro. Make it Damian Woody, and he's going to be an enforcer. Well, Damian, we couldn't thank you enough for coming on today. This was great. We had a great time. Uh, we definitely hope to do it again uh, sometime in the future.
1: Guys, man, this was great. Thank you for having me on, and absolutely, let's do it sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your summer,
0: and we'll definitely talk soon.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: And that was Damian Woody, former NFL star and ESPN analyst currently. Um, what a fantastic interview. He was awesome. And uh, it's great to see that we have him on our side now. I love that.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for whatever's coming with him and ESPN regarding the Islanders. Sounds like it's going to be something fun. I mean, I love that they're doing hockey again. I'm probably just a little nostalgic. But, um, yeah, it was, it, he was such a nice guy. Uh, he genuinely likes engaging with fans yeah. and, and doing this whole thing. So super thankful that he took the time out yeah. uh, to come on the show. And um, I was surprised about the fighting thing. I have to say <laughs> um, it, th- I don't know, like it takes like a special person to just be like, yeah, I'm he's gonna... a linebacker. <laughs> I guess so. But it, it's, it's still different than being like, yeah, I'm just going to drop him. Like he's like talking about haymakers or whatever. Yeah. I, I know that was, you know, uh i just i was just a little surprised uh i was
0: surprised by the fact that he's actually a little bit more like Lou morello than he realizes because when we asked if he was going to be doing anything with espn and the islanders he said
2: just you wait just
0: i did wait.
2: i <laughs> i like i like that he he's just involved in all aspects of it yeah like great. he knows he knows what we know he's involved with the fans he's trying to do the media thing like i love that he's mixing all this stuff together yeah. and what better way um, to grow the game yeah give me to grow the game it's just a different like he's He's very obviously a fan. Like he loves. He seems like he really likes the Islanders. Yeah. So it's cool that he's bringing that excitement and charisma. And he's a known sports star. Like, how often do the Islanders get a relevant, a very relevant, uh, sports star? Yeah. To be on like part of their thing. And they get you know it wasn't because of him, but the Jets are also involved. Um. Look, I love a good Ralph Macchio. I love all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh who's the guy from WWE that did the Yes 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 chant? Daniel Bryan. Getting him involved, it's super cool. I even Kevin love Connelly. like Ricky Pietro. Yeah, like Kevin Con I love that. I think it's super cool, but like what do he's a little different, man? Like I-, yeah. I think, you know, he brings a different charisma. Um he does have that media that you know, that sports background, but it's not in hockey. He's getting that media experience. He's been doing it for a long time now. Um I love that. It's like it's very fresh for this team. Um I think the mix with the ESPN, and moving to the new arena. Like it's really energized the fan base, and I think that he's embraced like, both sides have embraced each other. Yeah, and it's really, really fun and refreshing to kind of see yeah. that. Like you, it was you know, like other love- fans were like, "Come on, you, you, we got you!" Like yeah, coming to the community. I love that you know the the new New York
0: Jets that were newly signed to the team, like Zach Wilson and Dan Feeney. All those guys who went to the Islander game, he got to meet them for the first time at an Islander game.
2: And that was a moment for him. Like he had a memory now at the Coliseum.
0: Right. You know, so, and and that what's so crazy about that is football is, that's his thing. And he got to do something related to his field at an Islander game. So that's just hockey facilitated a cool moment. Hockey facilitated that. So, and what a cool moment.
2: yeah, I mean, the Jets being there, I think, is really cool, too, because I think it showed, like, if I'm that coach or the GM or whatever, being like, look, this isn't the most talented team, but look at the success. Yeah. You know, the Islanders as an organization and how they conduct themselves and everything is a good role model for a Jets team that's got to turn a corner, right? Like, the Islanders weren't shit before that. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, it, it starts, there's a moment before the moment, and seeing that and seeing how the fans, and like, Jets fans are crazy, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. Definitely. No fans in sports are Bills fans, but you know, there's still there's still like energy. And have you been to a Bills game?
0: Hopefully. No, no, but um, I've seen. Don't worry.
2: Oh boy, it is uh, <laughs> it is a moment in your life for yeah. sure. Uh, one those, craziness. One of those things where it's like, am I gonna make it out of here with a limb alive? Even <laughs> it's interesting. I can't imagine either being a Bills fan or being an opposing team's fan. And going to those games. It was interesting as a third party to it all because I don't particularly follow football very closely. Um, But it was very cool to see how passionate that was, like on some other level. But people were like jumping off cars and into into tables. tables. Yeah, Yeah, like, all right, I will say that is a real thing. I know you've seen videos. Yeah. I can tell you firsthand, that is a real ass thing. I've seen one Uh, on fire. I saw people just lighting fires and then walking away, like not maliciously, (laughs) not maliciously. They just wanted. It was I don't know what like part of the year was. I apologize for my dog barking. I'm sure it's a squirrel, but people were just like trying to stay warm or whatever they were doing. This is like seven thirty in the morning because you get to this dirt parking lot behind a motel in Buffalo, like within walking distance of the whatever the stadium's called, Ralph the Ralph. That sounds right. No, uh, Orchard Park or whatever it is in in buffalo some dude just like lit a fire with a torch and just walked away i was like gonna keep an eye on that just like a <laughs> canister of whatever propane and just like walked away i was like yeah. great uh this is a, this is a time to be alive but anyway yeah football it's it's like if you're the coach of, or the gm of the jets me like look this is how like the city will embrace you yeah this whole thing like you can doesn't matter about the talent individually very Herbrooksy kind of like, you know, come together, blah, blah, blah. But, you know,
0: I guess we can't really talk either as we've, you know, been and not, not you and I, but we've been a part of the experience where, you know, Islander fans threw tons of beer cans on the ice. So I, I don't know, I guess jumping through tables and stuff is worse. Um, but, you know, we've also had our fair share of rowdiness.
2: Yeah, I remember. And I think I've told the story on the on the podcast and maybe some of you listeners have were there for the game six in twenty fifteen. It was uh that was a moment. Yeah. People started like there was seats missing at the end. Yeah. Uh I'm sure people were just grabbing whatever they could. They thought that was that was the end. And for all intents and purposes it kind of was. It was a different Coliseum when we came back.
1: Yeah. It was true. the
2: same because we were still in the same place. But it was it was updated. It was different. Um it felt like home but maybe you had left for college and come back and your parents redid some stuff (laughs) it was home but like it's not how I left it Um, but that was the same like the red and green seats and and everything else and um, yeah so yeah people took some souvenirs I remember and people apparently this is a thing at other games I had not known this before so my first playoff game was against the Penguins that was 2013 yeah and they had the car spray painted with penguins colors outside. And people were just like, you could get in line to beat it with a hammer. <laughs> and apparently that's a thing. Yeah, I did not I've know that I've until I showed up. Yeah. And yeah, people were just like on top of it. Like there's no windows. There's no glass. Like, but people were just beating this car up. And did I was you get like, some
0: good hits in or what?
2: Um, no, I did not wait. The line was long. <laughs>
0: it wasn't worth the wait.
2: Um, I'm sure it was. Worth the wait. I would have liked to to do that. It's kind of like those break rooms now, where you just like go break things. But do one of those. uh, It would be super cool to do that. Super fun. Um, But yeah, like hockey fans can you know get get rowdy like that. So again, the point is, cool opportunity for Damian the Jets. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we got there. We got there. (laughs) We did. Um, Super
0: cool opportunity for Damian. And what an astute response with the the Lula Morello question, right? He said, if you have guys like him and Barry in charge, sit back, grab a stogie, and relax. It's taken care of. They're I, I think, in the ship.
2: And I, for, for my other fans, if you've made it this far, this is not a very long episode, so should have. Uh, that's coming. Like, that's not us saying relax. That's right. not even – that's not Staple saying relax. Agreed. That's none of none of these. And, you know, uh, not that – I mean, if you're here or you – Trust us with something, but like Staples, like around the team, he really gets it. Yeah, um, Compton or Jeff Capolini, any of these guys that you follow and you, like, you trust him. Uh, Andy Graziano our Buddy uh, Hockey Night New York, whoever. This is coming from somebody inside the media, inside of a sports world that understands. It's been there. He said it himself. He's seen shitty organizations. I think he even said exactly that. Yep. I think it's really important. I think having some patience, really listening to what, what Damien said, I, I think that, that could bring us a long way. Granted, yeah. something's got to happen at some point, but if, if we already know, aside from a trade that'll happen, I don't know that I'm thinking about it all that much anymore. No, it's just kind of what it is, but take it yeah. from him. I, I think that's a really important lesson from somebody that really knows better as someone in sports. Yeah, so
0: couldn't agree more think that about uh wraps it up for us
2: today, John. I think so. Um, that was super cool. I'm that like was. genuinely really happy about that. Yeah, like he's really a really good dude. Yeah. Um, I hope genuine. he gets a yeah. Gen, like yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, just super cool. Grand piano. I, like if you're watching this, and you grand piano in the background, <laughs> joking in the like the beginning before we like hit record or whatever. Yeah, I'm like generally like this is a good way for me to end the day. Like yeah. I really love that we did that.
0: Feel like, we could like hang out and be buddies,
2: maybe. I mean, it's like hockey fans, we're just a whole we're gonna go on and on, yeah. Thank you, Damien. We yeah. appreciate it,
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course. We want to say thank you to Damien Woody for joining us today. Great, uh, experience, great interview. Uh, can't wait to have him on again in the future. Uh, we want to say thank you to DraftKings and Manscaped. Use that THPN promo code with DraftKings, use that NHP20 promo code with Manscaped. We want to say thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network, the hockey writers, and of course, all of you, our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Nassim Hockey, And find our work at thehockeywriters.com. Until next time, everybody, let's go Islanders.